It's time for Talking Balls with Shane McKenzie and Keith Rice. All right, here we are, episode number 10 of Talking Balls. Congratulations, double figures. We're double digits. That's uh, that's kind of a significant milestone, yes, I'd say. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so let's see, we, when did we start this again? We're ten, well, was, oh, the new more year. than 10 weeks ago because we took a little hiatus for about a month. So, so yeah. it was right after the New Year. Right after New Year, yeah. Yeah, because I know we're pumping it up at the end of 2016. But yep. uh, here we are, episode 10. And uh, it's hard to believe already in baseball season. Of course, we got uh, Maddie, the Yankee fan, working the uh, the camera here. Boo, Yankees! Uh, why did oh, I say come that? on, get yeah, that off right. the we'll camera. Our fans yeah. don't want to see that. Hey, we're we're like two <laughs> games in, and this is a time of year. We're going to talk a little baseball before we get to our special guest, yes. which will be uh, my good buddy Bob Joyce, who's the voice of the UConn women. Of course, they're one hundred and eleven. Game win streak was snapped. We'll get into that. But uh, is I, he related to Jim Joyce by any str- stretch? Oh, the umpire. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read him. Is, some... well, Bob's a big Red Sox fan. He knows his baseball, so we'll get into that. Okay, you're big t- right. I know where you're going with that. Yeah, but I, I call Blew Bob, that perfect game. I call Bob. I'm going to give you a heads up, Shane. Is I call him Robert W. Joyce. You know, I okay. always have nicknames for yep, everyone. Yep. It seems like, but anyway, Bob, we calling in a few minutes. But um, right off the bat, let's talk some baseball. Here we Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Two games in. It seems like everything's getting rained out. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're Chicago. Team. Been a lot of rain in Boston, Chicago. Boston today. Uh, Pirates and Red Sox will make that up a week from today at Fenway. They both have an off day because, you know, a nationally team coming into uh, it, 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 you got to look at the schedule and all yeah. that. But, um, you know, first two games as a Red Sox fan, I'm pretty pretty optimistic. I mean, I know I hope David Price comes back in May. But uh, I know your Tigers lost today. But Red Sox, my Red Sox, your Tigers this weekend in this Motown. This weekend. Huh? How about uh, you, do you want to do another bet? Loser. Loser oh, yeah, has to fun. make it their podcast fun. Yeah, loser has to make their Twitter profile the other team's logo. Yeah, I'm not changing the Facebook. And it's profile. actually it's a four game um, series. So if they split two to two, we'll just is it four? It. Yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah, because they play Monday. Oh, Friday. It's yep, a wrap. Friday to Monday. Okay. Yeah. Rap, so I love saying that wrap. We'll see if they split, then we'll leave it. But if they. Whoever uh, whoever wins the series, the loser has to change their profile picture. Yeah, it's, we did that for was it Bruins Red it Wings? Was Bruins Red Wings. Yep. And was, when the Red Wings stomped the Bruins, you wouldn't bet it, and then the next time you did bet it, and the Bruins yeah. ended up winning in like double overtime. You're or something. a good sport, and he uh, Shane yep. changed his profile to for a, a whole week. Way, it Bruins, was painful. Bruins are red hot, but right now, by the way, well, good for you. The red, red Wings Red Wings lost, missed the playoffs for the first time in 25 years this year. So it's a sad. Sad time for a Red Sox fan, or a Red Wings fan, rather. So anyway, um, here we are. I, I love the start. Of, and luckily, Fenway, uh, I'll talk about the Sox here for a second. They had a nice day for opening day. Brady yep. and Gronk uh, frolicked on the Fenway turf, <laughs> and they honored the uh, five-time world champion New England Patriots. But overall, uh, it was a fun game. Sox pulled it out. We saw Benny Biceps, Andrew Benatendi, who should get AL Rookie of the Year, uh, hit a home run. A and little then, ahead of yourself. There, and then right? last night, no, I'm not ahead of myself. <laughs> Come on, Benny Baseball, baby. <laughs> and then, of course, Sandy Leone in the late hours last night with a 12th inning walk-off. So the oh, so- wow. Sox are 2-0. and uh, I know the Pirates aren't that great, but it's, it's a good way to start the season. And, Very uh, nice. How are your Detroit Tigers faring so far? They're 1-1. One one. They've had a, a rain out in there, too. Um, and they actually got pounded today, 11-2, to two, which I, I don't. I wasn't able to watch any of that game. I was on the road all day. I just checked the score, and, and they got pounded. But that's all right because Verlander's on the hill. Or, uh, no, Verlander's yeah, not face, on the hill. Michael Fulmer yeah, will be face, on the hill for opening. we got Erod. And we've got a nice Mr. I uh, logo in center field to honor uh, Mr. Illich, who passed away in the offseason, longtime owner of the Tigers and Red Wings. Um, oh, wow. And they're, they're going to honor him, and I think uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. Will they – 
I know you're you're up on this more, you know, being a Tigers fan. What's the weather look like for tomorrow afternoon? It's an afternoon game. Does any do you? I don't know. He's got uh, my phone, so I don't know to oh, look it up. I but I don't know what the weather looks anyway, like I'm in just Detroit. Because I'd love to I think you know Detroit is not no better than Boston as far as right. weather goes. Weather so. this time of year, yeah, it could, it's probably going to be cold and overcast, if not rainy, or cold and nice. But yeah, yeah. chances are 60, 70 degrees. No, way. I've been literally like I have a lot of family in Michigan, and we've been over Fourth of July weekend where it's fifty degrees for a high. Nick Maddie's checking that <laughs> for us. Oh, really? Yeah, fifty yeah. degrees. Oh, yeah, it's it can well, be miserable there. Well, good news for around here. We're supposed to be in the seventies. I know. Week, so. I'm excited for that. That's baseball weather right there. For the past few exciting. days, I feel like Seattle and fog around here. It's like, <laughs> Seriously, literally, it's forty eight and foggy right yep. now outside the windows. But um, yeah, it's, you would note it's baseball season right now by looking out the window. But it is, and you know, to be honest with you, it's that time of year where, of course, I don't, uh, we're all are we all fantasy baseball nuts in this yep. room? I've okay. got three leagues this year. Three. It's ridiculous. Usually, yeah, I've I've done the I'm, most four. I'm at two now. I'm I think I'm now. pounding Maddie in uh, in our matchup in our league. We're not. Are you sure? Uh, what is my team name in that one? I think I was. You have to know who you're playing? Come on, Jesus! Yeah, no. Um. Oh no, that's not me. Then I thought I was playing against you. Right. Maybe not. Well, Whatever I'm playing, I'm winning. Uh, by what a I'm lot. getting at is that we're all fantasy baseball nuts in this room, and it's at that time of year. And I mean, heck, it could be August. We're all going to watch, like, I don't care if it's the Angels and the A's on the West yep. Coast. We'll stay up and watch that game. Not just for fantasy reasons, but we love baseball. So. Opening day on Sunday. was that The, the uh, Arizona-San Francisco game. Walk-off oh, at the end of the was, game. That was a good game, which yeah. Which is super exciting. That must be Robert W. We Jones. got uh, We got the phone ringing here. Let's see who this is. Talking Balls podcast. Hey, hey! You're, you're, we're live on the uh, Talking Balls Facebook page. Uh, we got Robert W. Joyce in here, and uh, we're recording episode ten. Bob, thanks for the time. <laughs> First of all, congratulations on the weight loss. You look great. Thank you. You look fantastic. It's radio. How can you tell? That's right. I forgot you're an ump as well. I mean, we should let, give a little background on Bob. Besides being the, the voice of the UConn women's basketball team, I worked with Bob back at uh, WTIC, uh, where he's been for how many decades now, Bob? Uh, would you believe 27 years now? 27 wow. years. Yeah, we're old, Keith. So, <laughs> so I go back. I want to go back to uh, I'm reflect a little here. I grew up working uh, for my folks at WILI in Willimantic. Yep. And we were a Hartford Whalers, Hartford Whalers affiliate. This is Keith at ILI. Look it up. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> so Bob was the producer for the Whalers and Chuck Kate News now with the Carolina Hurricanes. And I was, as a, I don't know, 15, 16 year old, would call Bob to get the connection. So with WILI and the Whaler Radio Network, okay. and I called Bob and I said, hey, it's Keith. ISDN line. And what would I say again, Bob? Hey, it's Keith from ILI. Can you hook me up? <laughs> and then years later, we're working together in the gold building in Hartford. So, but nice. But Bob is uh, he's, he's doing a great job with the UConn women. He's always on the road, and uh, and, and and we're going to get into that first. Of course, we'll talk some baseball. You know, you're a Sox fan like myself. Shane, my partner, say hello to Shane. By the way, I'm hey, sorry. Shane, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? And the first thing my thought was when Keith said your last name was Joyce. I'm a Tigers fan. I said he's not related to Jim Joyce, the umpire, is he? Because no, I'm no, not no, talking no, to no. that guy. <laughs> hey, you know what? Jim Joyce is a good. Um- I know he just retired. He's a good umpire, and you know what? They're just like players. Yep. Players make errors. Players chase bad pitches. 
pitchers throw bad pitches, uh, managers can second guess for everything. You know what? Umpires and officials are ju- just as human. A hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, right. Wait a minute, Shane. I'll, I'll Shane still, you're supposed to go off on Jim Joyce. I'll still Come never on. let him live it down. I mean, you blow a perfect game for a kid oh, who's know. never going to oh, have that chance again. That's a big deal. <laughs> That's you know. Right. That's right. I'd rather be in my position doing high school games than him and major. Yeah. Than <laughs> Although those high school parents can be a little more brutal oh. than. <laughs> I don't know. I do not envy you in that position. Nah, but well, you know what? It keeps me in the game of baseball, and I love baseball. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent, so, excellent softball player, by the way. That Robert oh, W. Joyce, playground yes. legend. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get right to it. The UConn women. We'll get to that first. Um, of course, I. Uh, Thinking of you during every UConn women's game, and I, I got to be honest, there, you know, I, I watched. Well, first of all, when the game first started back uh, last Friday night, uh, my wife and I were invited over to some friends' house, and we had it on. And when Mississippi State jumped out to that lead, I looked around the room. I said, "I hope I'm not right, but I think this is the night it happens." Wow. And uh, what was going through your mind, Bob, in the early stages of that game? As you're calling the game, it's the first half. UConn's down by, I think they were down by double digits at one point. 16. What was going? Yeah, what was going through your head? Uh, my thought was the same thing, Keith. There they, they just were things at the start that they just weren't doing well. They were getting beat on the glass. I mean, they got killed on the offensive board yeah. in that first half. I think it was something like 11-1, to 1, um, just offensive rebounds, and the second-chance points were like 12 to nothing. Uh, Mississippi State turned it, you know, uh, turned beautiful basketball into ugly basketball. They did it, in a sense, Keith and, and Shane, what exactly what UConn did to Oregon in the previous round. They cut off all the passing lanes. They uh, made UConn a dribbling team as opposed to a passing team. And, you know, you just had that sense. And then you got to halftime. They're down eight. And I go to Debbie, you know, off mic as well as on mic as we start the third. And they go, well, they can't play any worse. <laughs> and they're only down eight. But and th- the fact that they had a chance to win the game, numerous chances to win the game, I mean, the better the, the the right team won that game. It would have been almost a crime had UConn won that game, and especially at the end, the way the flagrant, UConn right? was able to tie it with the flagrant, right. and you know. But you just had a sense that as the game went along, it's like UConn never led by more than three, and that came late. Mm-hmm. They only led for three minutes. I mean, there were numbers I was reeling off at halftime. It's like these are numbers that we have not seen in years with this team. But everything went right for Mississippi State. They hung in there. They made all the big shots, and they deserve to win that game. What I can't get over, Bob, is this is a team, when these two teams played last, last time they played, UConn won by 60. Yeah. By 60. Yeah, they also had Brianna Stewart, Morgan Tuck, and Mariah Jefferson and played out of their minds. I mean, yeah. UConn scored less points in the first half last Friday than they had in the first quarter of that 60-point blowout. Wow. And... Give Vic Schaefer credit in those kids because they put that number 60 up in their locker room, up in the weight room. I mean, that was a constant reminder all season long. And they didn't have to be 60 points better in this game. Maybe 25 or 30, and what they did defensively certainly helped. And they made enough shots. I mean, they played a hard-fought, typical SEC game. Not a great shooting percentage. They crashed the boards. They played good defense, and they forced UConn into a lot of turnovers. That's a recipe for success in the SEC, and that's what got it done. And then they hit maybe the two biggest shots of the game, Vivian's three late in regulation after UConn had been up three, and then, of course, the game-winning hoop by, uh, by Morgan William that will live forever in the history of women's college basketball. Did 
did you start to sense, especially late in the game, you being courtside and all, can you look, and you know these girls pretty well, very well actually, can you look in, is it, is it, uh, can you look into their eyes, not into their eyes directly, but can you get a sense of they're playing tight? They're starting to get, they're starting to feel the pressure. Oh, oh, no question. And, and the part of it is, and this, and this isn't just because, well, they're in the American Conference. Right. They blow, and I mean, because remember, they had a 90 game win streak in the Big East when the Big East was sending seven, eight, nine teams to the women's tournament. So let's not just blame all this on the American Conference because they did this to their Big East opponents, too. I mean, you can count on two hands how many tight games they've had in the last decade, right? And right. We can go over all their losses by inside of 10 points in the last 10 years, but they're just not in that situation enough. And I don't care how much you practice it. It's not the same as being in a game situation. It just isn't because you don't have all the lights and cameras and the screaming crowd there at practice. Yeah. And no matter how successful you are, one of the things that UConn, and this is one of their weaknesses, and they hide their weaknesses pretty well, they don't have that one kid that can break you down off the dribble. They don't have that one kid that says, give me the, that Diana Tarazi type, give me the damn ball, I'm going to make the shot. They just don't have that. They have a lot of great players, but you know, even Maya Moore back in her day, maybe once in four years, we had a, or maybe twice, we had a chance to see Maya in a big situation. That's it. Because the program has been so good, they just don't get themselves in that situation a lot. And I got news for people. It's going to be hard to duplicate that next year because if anybody thinks they're going away, they're not. No way. I, no. They're going to be in Columbus, and dare I say, you know, they'll be in an 11th straight Final Four with a chance to win it again next year. No they're doubt. That no doubt. again, if not better than they were this year. And my thought on that, and see if you agree, this loss maybe almost will help the future of now next year they're not playing with the with the stigma of I don't want to be the girls that blow this hundred and plus game losing streak. So now they're a little more loose. Let's start over on another winning streak and go from there. So I you know, for next year this is gonna be a dangerous team once again. Right. And and as Gino said, and eloquently too, I mean he was tremendous on Friday night. Uh both on the area uh, with Holly Rowe and ESPN uh, with Justine Ward on SNY, and then the post-game press conference with the media. I mean, he knew this was going to end sooner or later. Of course, it's a lot later than he thought. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fact that they basically picked up and carried the torch of a team that won 75 in a row when the season started and they took it to 111 is pretty impressive. Mm. But now they start with a clean slate. They'll open... Early November next year, I think it's the the weekend in Columbus where they're playing in a doubleheader to help promote the fact that the Final Four is there next year, and it's Ohio State. Clean slate, uh, you know, no streaks to worry about, you know, no HBO following you around, which I think they handled very well all season long. And they can be themselves, and they get three pretty good freshmen in, and they get maybe the best player well, they get the best player on their team now that's able to play, and Azure Stevens, who was terrific in practice all season. That's the girl from uh, you know, George. That's the girl from Georgetown. The only right? question that I will have is, who's going to start? Who's who's Azure going to take her? Whose spot is Azure going to take? And who's the point guard next year? Well, Azure's from Georgetown, right? She went to Duke. Oh, it was Duke. Okay. Huh. Right. Where does this streak rank in all-time sports streaks? 
That's hard to answer because it's a college streak. Um, it's, okay, all-time college streaks. Then. Oh, it's it's up there. I mean, it's probably it's probably more impressive than what the UCLA teams did. Oh no doubt. Back in the '60s, as good as they were, I, I would say yes. I would say it's really it's up there. I mean, look when you and most of those wins too were by double digits. I mean, they were dominant. Yeah, it doesn't matter who they played. I mean. Because their non-conference schedule has been really good the last few years. Let's not forget that either. So I, I would say it's, it's very high up there. Um, the fact that this is this is a program that has a 70-game win streak, a 90-game win streak, and now 111, and it's all come in the span of the last 15 years. That's insane. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I could give you numbers that would just blow your mind over the last 10 years alone. I mean, 24, I mean 22 of the last 24 years. They've been in the Elite Eight. Wow. Yeah. I mean, 10 straight. Elite Eights, 10 straight Final Fours. You know, it's. It's unheard of. And I. Fantasy land. Let me ask you this. From. From, uh, from this standpoint, calling the games, and you're as good as it gets. You're, you're outstanding. But when, when you see blowout after blowout, 80 (laughs) to 27, 77. 42, whatever. Yeah, know does it, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Does, yeah. does in your mind, you, I mean, I, and I know you and Deb uh, have a great rapport, but do you start to think, oh, my God, I gotta, I, we got to find some way to, to, to keep ourselves in. Or to, does it get boring is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, it can. It can. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of examples where it didn't matter what the score was because they were playing so well. The two games in Connecticut this year against USF, the first half or the first three quarters of the American Conference Championship game, they were just playing at a whole other level. Katie Lou Samuelson was 10 of 10 from three. You didn't care what the score was because you were just in awe yeah. of how well they were playing. They did it against DePaul. They did it against at Temple. You know, games like that. Of course, the non-conference games are good ones. They'll speak for themselves. But, you know, the games they go in knowing that they're going to win, they're going to win by a lot. You just, I just keep doing what I'm doing. Because that's what the fans want. They want to know what the play-by-play is, and they want to know what their kids, what the girls. Yeah, and, and it's a very, it's a very loyal fan base, right. and and you get a lot of those, you get a lot of those. People have it much harder than I do because, of course, they have the pictures to tell the story, and they've got to fill, fill the time. And as I said in the HBO piece, think about what the writers have to do because at least thirty-four of those thirty-eight games. You're writing about a blowout over and over. Yeah. About how hard that is. Write about the same thing every night. Well, and uh, also, uh, a lot of outsiders that really don't follow it, and they immediately want to kill Gino. Go, well, come on, schedule somebody. Gino did everything oh, he yeah. had. To, Gino did everything he had to do this year. I think Shane and I talked about this at one point. He scheduled the tough teams on the road, and the team still got the job done. Right. I mean, no, nobody expected this streak to be where it ended up. I mean. I thought after losing, in, you know, nearly losing in Florida State, we all thought, well, they're going to lose at Baylor. Well, you know, Baylor showed a lot of fight, but heck, so did the UConn kids, and that's when the first time I thought, well, you know what, this is a resilient group because every time Baylor threw a punch, they punched back and then some. Yep. You got to give it just snowballed. You got to give the how, think how good Gabby Williams got this year. Every big game they played this year after opening day, she showed up and played tremendous basketball. And, and nobody expected the numbers that she put up this year. I mean, she's the first forward to lead UConn in assists. She had nearly 200. Wow. I mean, Mariah Jefferson had over 200 last year on a team that had four kids that had 100 assists. This year they had five. Um, I mean, what they did this year, considering there were so many unknowns to this season, 
is tremendous. And the fact that they beat a lot of really good teams this year is testament to what, you know, the hard work that they put in and how hard Gino and Chris and Shane Marissa put these kids through. I think eventually the fact that a lot of them had never been in this spot before or maybe the fact that they're just maybe a little too young to really be able to accomplish what they set out to do with the Final Four, I think eventually came back and bit them. But, um, you know, like I said, they're not going anywhere. And I think people need to appreciate just how consistently good they are in year in and year out. It's not their fault they're in a bad conference. We all know that's a product of football. There's nothing you can do about <laughs> yep. that. But they go out and schedule a good non-conference schedule that's not going to change next year. It's another good one. And you just see where the chips fall or they may. And hopefully, uh, you know, those non-conference games are challenging. They come down to some late-game situations where if it happens in the NCAA tournament again, maybe they succeed. And that's particularly difficult to put together that good schedule, I would say, in women's college basketball because there's really only a handful of teams right. in women's college basketball that can be competitive. There's UConn, and then there's another tier. You've got your Stanfords and your Notre Dames, and you know, now you're for your years, Mississippi it, State. It used to be UConn, Tennessee, and everyone else, but yep. now, <laughs> right. now it's UConn and, you know, and everyone else. Back to, in, in, the, in the last few days, we've had news of Maryland losing three kids to transfers, including their point guard. Ohio State's had a couple of kids, you know, transfer. Those are two teams that UConn's playing next year. So maybe it takes a little, you know, it goes down a little bit. They they play Notre Dame. They go to Baylor. Uh, they start a series with Oklahoma. They go to UCLA next year. Um, and that's just off the top of my head. I think they start on a series with Louisville. They play California next year. Uh, I know they're playing a game at Nevada strictly for Gabby Williams' homecoming game. So, I mean, look, they're scheduling the right people. And who knows, maybe, and they're playing South Carolina again. And that, and the fact that that team has changed a lot in, in, the, in the last week. You know, coach graduates, and the two kids who transferred who played for a year, they're going to the WNBA. Hmm. So, and, you know, the game, you know, the opponents will take a little bit of a hit. But UConn schedules a good, a good group of non-conference opponents, and... You know, you make the best of it. That's all they can do. But as long as Gino's there and is recruiting great kids, they're always going to be a threat to win it all. That's exactly right. And, you know, UConn's one of those teams that if you follow the WNBA draft at all, year after year, three, four out of the top five girls selected are coming from the same college. And the very next year, they're back competing for a championship again. It's it's really kind of unbelievable what Gino Ariema has been able to do and build this culture at UConn. If you're if you're a young girl out there anywhere in the country and you have any interest in playing basketball, you're looking at UConn first. Right, and especially if you're self-driven and you want to be pushed to be the best. That's the, I think that's the most, you know, mind-boggling thing because a lot of coaches say, well, you know, hey, we're guaranteed you're going to start as soon as you get here. Well, Gino doesn't make those promises. He wants you to put the work in. He wants yep. you to earn your time to play. And if you've ever sat around a practice, you'll understand that the reason why they're as good as they are and as efficient as they are in most games is because of the way they practice. Their practices are a heck of a lot harder on most nights than games. And it shows. And, you know, you know, when half his roster in the last two Olympics are UConn kids, that's a testament to what he does. Yeah, one more one more quick thing about about the UConn women for me, and then we're going to switch over to baseball here. Um, you mentioned how Gino was after the game Friday night. How were um, 
how were the girls like when they're heading out to the bus? I mean, were there were there there had to be some tears, I'd imagine, right? Oh, there were tears. There were tears in the locker room. I know. In fact, I just watched the uh, the last installment of the HBO special uh, about a half about uh, two hours ago. So there were there were a lot of hugs and apologies from the uh, from the underclassmen to Sanaya and Tierney Lawler to uh, say, hey, sorry, we didn't finish this the way you had hoped. And and let's, you know, let's cover this while we're at it. You know, I know Sanaya Chung did not have a great last possession. I get that. But don't go blaming Sanaya Chung for the Huskies losing this basketball game, not by a long shot. That was just one thing of a lot of things that did not go well for the Huskies. You know, Nafisa Kyer went 4 for 11. This is a girl that shot close to 70% all season long. Katie Lou Samuelson disappeared at times in this game. It wasn't a great shooting night for Kean Nurse. And defensively, as a team, they were just okay. It just happened. Everything that you needed to go wrong for UConn and everything to go right for Mississippi State worked last Friday night. But I think these kids have a resolve that they're going to learn from this. They'll be more determined than ever. And, you know, maybe they don't have this feeling next year. Who knows? But... Uh, they'll be back. That's all I can say. I mean, this is a great group of kids. They'll work hard on their own, and they'll be pushed by the best again and needled and prodded the way that Gino can only do in Chris Daly. And next year, we'll be talking about a trip to Columbus. That, I guarantee. Whether they win it, there you go. Knows, but, I, but I don't think there's any doubt we'll be in Columbus next it's on, year. It's on the record. One more quick, lighthearted one. If LeVar, LeVar Ball had daughters, is Gino recruiting them? Oh, my God. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I, you uh, know what? I, I don't know about you guys. I kind of like LeVar Ball. Uh, I like him. I don't, I don't know enough about him. You know, I, I basically ignored that as best as I could. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go by what you have to say. Uh, well, you had more important things to worry about. Yeah. I, I, I find him a little entertaining. He's a little over the top. I mean, come on. Uh, a little. He thinks he can beat Michael Jordan. Yeah, well, roll your eyes. You know, uh, come on. Okay. But the guy, he's, he's a little, as I said, over the top, but he's entertaining. All right. Let's, uh, let's spend the last few minutes here talking a little baseball. 27. 27- 2017 underway, the Sox, Sandy Leone with the walk-off in the 12th last night. Uh, you know, you know, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Shane and I were just talking about this before you called. Uh, I'd like to see David Price by, back by May. Have you, have you heard anything about Price, by the way? I've heard May, maybe June. I listened yeah. to the pregame on opening day, and they're thinking either late May or mid-June he'll be back. And he's throwing these light tossing off a mound now. That's great. But, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, if we can get consistent... Uh, progress from Erod and Stephen Wright and Pomerantz. I'll be happy with that. Chris Sale. Uh, as I watched, I was able to watch the game with my father last night. And the first thing I said when I walked in the house, even before hi mom and dad, is I said, "Chris Sale, this is like Pedro. This is like an event." It's, okay. And would you would you agree with me there, Bob? Being a, a fellow Red Sox fan, Chris Sale is kind of on that Pedro level where it was an event to watch Pedro every time he pitched. Well, let's get a couple of starts under his belt before we uh, anoint him to Pedro uh, status because uh, Pedro was pretty special. But yeah, I think it's big. Here's the most important thing to me: if they get to the postseason, somebody on this pitching staff has to win a base has to win a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Or Sellers never won a postseason game. We know Price has never won a postseason game. Somebody's got to win a postseason game. Yeah. I don't care how good your pitching staff is. You're making all, you know, you're paying these guys all this money to make the playoffs. Once they get in, if they get in, win a playoff game. I think there's more pressure on the pitching staff than anybody in the Red Sox organization because none of them 
none of them have a W on their resume in the postseason. Well, that's a yeah. very that's a very good point. I can't stand the bullpen right now. I shouldn't say I can't stand it. That's a little too hard. But um, I uh, you know with this, no Carson Smith who. Who knows if he'll ever pitch a throw a pitch in a Red Sox uniform? Thornburg, who was a big offseason acquisition, he's gone for God knows when, uh, till God knows when. And then uh, <laughs> uh, it's just it's very uh, you know. And then and then we're hearing John Farrell has no faith in Joe Kelly, who's been like lights out for a, put him make him your eighth inning guy. I, I have no problem with Joe Kelly uh, pitching the uh, as Kimbrel's setup guy. Do you? Uh no, I don't right now unless he shows otherwise. I mean, right. look, it's it's. They play two games. You're going to need them at some point during the season. And, he looked all right last night. <laughs> you know, I know, I know. Everybody just gripes about John Farrell. I mean, look, he, John has a tough enough job to do as a manager. He's got to be able to trust his guys. If if Joe Kelly can go out and give a couple of good outings in a row, he'll earn that trust. It's a process. Just see how it plays out. I mean, at some point, it's going to happen. And if he and if he's earned his time, he'll get plenty of time. But, uh, look, I haven't seen a whole lot of the Red Sox yet, only because of my other duties. Right. Um, but once we get into June, and now with the fact the Bruins are in the playoffs, I may, may pay more attention to them the next few <laughs> weeks. Thousand big Bruins uh, fan. They're red hot right the now. Red, red hot. I mean, they pick the heck of a time to get hot. But, look, let the process play out. We're two games into the season. There's a long way to go. As a Tigers fan, I can sympathize with your frustrations of watching Price and Porcello pitch in the postseason. Right. And I did not do that alliteration on <laughs> purpose it just came out that way so i apologize okay. <laughs> yeah i mean and we we got into this we we actually had uh, rob bradford on a couple weeks ago talk about uh you know dombrowski and and shane got into you know as you said being a tigers fan he's lived through the dombrowski times in detroit and getting them pretty close pretty close yep just not completely over the hump but dombrowski did some good things in detroit but you know we got red sox tigers this weekend if uh does anybody i asked shane does anybody know the forecast for tomorrow afternoon in detroit by the way uh i could tell you in a minute if you give me a minute yeah but um if it doesn't rain like this i mean god this is awful this is ridiculous i mean 70s next week around here which is good but and the red sox will finally have some night games next week as they play the orioles if the orioles come in but uh I don't know. I, I, as far as ba- uh, we did our predictions, uh, was it? La- it was last week. Yeah, yeah, last week. Um, I, I, I mean, I know you've had your mind on a lot of other stuff, Bob, but uh, I went with an Astros Nationals World Series. I believe yep. Shane went with what was yours? Tigers Cardinals. Yeah, just <laughs> just so that. the Tigers could get some revenge. <laughs> wow! And uh, <laughs> off the top, uh, forty-nine and windy. It's snowing right now in Detroit. By the way. Oh come on! <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, he's right. Windy and uh, 49 tomorrow. Now, uh, let's see, first pitch is around 1, so it'll be windy and, and 41. Oh. <laughs> Erod. That's, that's Sunday miserable. 59. Oh. Sunday, 70. Yep. Monday, thunderstorms and 76. Wow. So, Talk about a change. It's like yeah. kind of around here. And then it drops back to 59 degrees on Tuesday in Detroit, but Detroit or uh, Boston's out of town by then, so right. they don't care. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're home, and it'll be... Uh, It'll be chilly by midweek again here. Yeah. So as I just met, as we're just before we look at up the weather there, uh, and I know you've had your mind on you know wrapping up the UConn women's season and all that. But if you off the top of your head, you probably even had a chance to, as you said, you even had a chance to watch the first couple Sox games. But you know, if you, but looking at baseball as uh, as a whole going into twenty seventeen, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I want a World Series prediction. Tell you what, Cleveland's pretty good. Yeah, oh. they are. <laughs> Shane like just threw up in it. Boys. I think I think they're gonna. You know, they were just a win away last year. 
they're driving and runs. They got good pitching. I, I like them out of the American League. Uh, National League. Uh, well, the Cubs are still good. Dodgers are pretty good. Mm, who's going to win the East? Well, I can't say the Expos because they're not there. <laughs> uh, good question out of the National League. I don't know yet. Maybe the you know Cardinals aren't bad either. But uh, you know, let's go Cubs. Let's go Cubs. Uh, Cubs Indians part two. Oh rematch! This the, and this time the Woo! Indians win. And this time the Otito oh, wow. breaking the drought. Okay. That would that would make me physically sick to my stomach if that happened. But you know, we'll see. <laughs> Anytime Cleveland does something good, it really it really gets to me. Any you know? uh, any other bold predictions, Robert W. Joyce, you'd like to make uh, for the 2017 MLB season? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you got a lot of you got an umpiring gig coming up soon, or what? I start my high school games next Monday. Look at that! Wow. For the Middletown board, and I'm pretty busy through the end of May. And we should uh, quick mention your son's doing very well too. How, how's Robbie doing? Rob's at IMG down in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It's, he just uh, wrapping up his third year down there. Uh, his main school this year was West Virginia, but uh, I had him for a few of my games. Joe and Wayne had him for a few of theirs. I heard that. I heard that. Um, was he yeah, doing he's some... really good at hockey. He, yeah. uh, he's filled in on a couple of uh, UConn hockey broadcasts over the last two years. Wasn't he doing some work with the Islanders or something? He did, yeah. When he was at Hofstra his freshman year, the Islanders came to their Hofstra student station and asked if they would be the flagship. Uh, wow. wow. Now, like they're play-by-play guy. Uh, what the hell is his name? Um, Chris. What the hell is Chris' last name? Just totally blanked, my, totally blanked on it. My son's actually at the Islanders Hurricanes tonight with one of his buddies. Uh, Chris King is the radio voice of the, of the Islanders. Okay. He's the play-by-play guy. He does the announcing. And at the time, the kids did everything else. Production, between-period interviews, scoreboard updates, and color. Wow. By the time my son was a junior, he was doing color on an NHL broadcast. Wow! wow. Think about that. That's yeah. impressive. He's yeah, he's. He, I mean, we're we're Facebook friends, and uh, so I, I'm able to keep up with his progress, and I see your posts as well. And just hats off to Robbie. I mean, he's doing a fantastic. So give him my best. I will. And you know what? And, and I'm really proud of him from this standpoint because I told him when he went to Hofstra because he went uh, at Ingles. The longtime New York sportscaster yeah. was the professional on duty. Commend to the kids. Yeah, you could do worse than that. Cool. Well, uh, thanks. Um, that's what attracted him to go to Hofstra. That's a great and school too. Great school. He learned a lot from him, and you know, Ed kind of built him up a little bit when he got there. And the kids didn't really take kindly to that. But Rob, I told Rob, work hard, stay humble, and that's what I do. Yep. And he lived by that credo. And he won over his friends very quickly and earned a lot of respect there. And for four years, I don't think anybody worked harder than he did. I don't think anybody works harder than he does in his game prep. He is really, really good at that, and uh, I am very proud of him. And he's a damn good hockey announcer. I, I hope a, day, a year or two somebody gives him a chance. I can tell you this, guys, if we were fortunate enough to air all the hockey games for UConn, he probably would be the play-by-play guy. Well, what if Kate? What if Kate loves him? What if Kate loves him? What if Chuck steps down? Does he get the Carolina gig or what? It won't be, it won't be Rob Joyce. No, <laughs> he's got to earn his keep first in the in the minors, like everybody else. Wow. Yeah. All right, Bob. Uh, you're an even better dad too, and uh, and just thanks for a few minutes and uh, lunch soon at Bidwell. How's that sound? Uh, yeah. If I ever ever have time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Bob, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right, Bob.
Okay. Thanks a lot, Bob. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks. All right, there he goes, Robert W. Joyce. Good Great stuff. Guy, huh? Yeah, it was, yeah. I figured it'd be. We were supposed to have him on um, before we had the hiatus, right? And it was right in the thick of you know UConn. They had Ob- just crossed a hundred wins. Yeah, that's yep. right. And uh, and then last night, I think no, I, I actually it was a couple nights ago. I'm thinking, oh, this would be a great time to have yeah, Bob on. The streak absolutely. was snapped, and um, season just ended. And yeah. it, well, I couldn't think of a better person to have on to talk about that. So yep. um, he's a busy guy, along with his morning show producing duties, which he's been doing for the Ray Dunaway show for WTIC AM, okay. and that's his full time gig. And he does the UConn women, uh, you know, during during the season. So he's on the road with that, and nice. then uh, you know he's umpiring and and being a great dad as well. So I uh, appreciate a few minutes from him. So imagine that being in the radio and having more than one job. Like who does that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I know. Uh, let's want to wrap this up with uh, recapping our Red Sox Tigers bet for the weekend. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Keith and I have one of our famous bets going. Now, it's a four-game series, so if it ends up in a 2-2 split, nothing happens. But uh, if the Tigers win, Keith has to change his Twitter profile uh, to a Tigers logo. And if some chance the Red Sox were able to win, uh, <laughs> then I will I will change my Twitter profile Actually, logo to a Red Sox. You have a good shot as uh, Erod is starting the series, our number three guy. So you, oh, that now wait, it's the home a, opener. What if it's a split? Then nobody, then does nothing anything. happens. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If it's a split, nothing happens. But all right, so we'll um, from there. This will be fun. This will be fun. One week. Leave it for one week, like we did with hockey. Leave okay. Leave yeah. um, uh, leave for one week. Yeah, that's fair. Um, by the way. Um, I guess we talk about this after. I say uh, Lent ended for me on Friday night. Oh, yeah. about this. <laughs> oh. I gave up alcohol for Lent. Yeah. So uh, did you happen to bring in the, the And you know stuff? what? I <laughs> emptied out my trunk last night because it has gotten warmer and all the ice melted in my in my uh, cooler there. And I emptied out my trunk last night. I didn't bring any That's beer right. for you. Well, to fill people in, I, I gave up alcohol for Lent. But we went over to some friend's house. We were invited over to uh, some friend's house Friday night, and they I had no idea that they bought me beer. So a combination of my wife and them making me feel, come on, they bought you beer. And I looked at my wife and said, okay, we, we went a month. <laughs> so I enjoyed a couple of Sam a Adams. Similar know. thing happened to me. I gave up cheeseburgers for Lent. Oh, did Because you? as you can see, I eat a few cheeseburgers in my oh, time. Oh, I love Five Guys. And uh, Yeah, oh yeah. So <laughs> on Saturday, I had two separate events for the brewery. One was in West Hartford. The other was in Providence. So it was a long day, to say the least, on Saturday. In between, I stopped in a Wendy's. I ordered a chicken sandwich. I get to my destination, go to eat it, and I'm starving, like, beyond belief. I hadn't really eaten much all day. I've been on the road. And I open this thing, and it's a bacon double cheeseburger. I'm like... I have no choice. I have to eat this because I'm starving and I'll literally die. You're going to hell now. Yeah, and I ate it. And if I go to hell, then it's Wendy's and Cranston's fault for giving me the wrong thing. And I, I will burn for eternity cursing Wendy's and Cranston, down with you. Rhode Island. Yes, oh, yes. Oh, man. But, see, I didn't just throw in the towel like you did. I haven't had another burger since okay, then. Okay, all right. So, yeah. Then know. my wife, who likes limeritas, decided, oh, well, we... we. <laughs> Well, that's not <laughs> the even. The seal's been broken. Might as well go out and buy some. That's not even now. really alcohol, though. That's terrible, terrible oh, stuff. <laughs> is that all you wear is gray sale stuff? Which is gray? I, I come I no straight problem. here from work. What I, do you oh, think I'm going to be wearing? Oh, I, forgot, forgot. I mean, what else? I, was like, am I, I totally wear? forgot about that. I was like, it's all this dude wears. <laughs> yeah, you can make fun of me. I'm always wearing red socks. Well, and that's Patriots true. Stuff, and you know? UConn and Patriots. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Maddie pointed out our camera guy that we had Bob on. I just happened to have a UConn shirt. I did not plan that. He can't see you anyway, so it wouldn't have. Made a difference, but so, but uh, okay. Well, oh boy, six forty-one. We're going here. I know quickly. 
Celtics playoff prediction for you. Are you are you firing up the duck boats for uh, the Celtics yet? Or? That, uh, based on last night, Cleveland is still the top dog. I'll be the first to admit LeBron is unbelievable. Okay, I love Isaiah. Anything can happen. If the, even if the Celtics do get the top seed, I think Cleveland's still... I mean, come on. I'm talking about LeBron's been in six straight finals. Yep. Uh, crazier things have happened. To answer your question, I, I don't think they're good enough to get there. I think they can win a series which is something Brad Stevens has yet to do. He's a great coach, but when a play, if they win, if they get to the semi Eastern semis, okay. I'm happy with that. I'll be even ecstatic to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But no, I think, uh, I mean, LeBron just came in last night and said, okay, uh, yeah, we've been playing like shit, but uh, we could still come in here and prove that we're going to win on your home floor. And they did, rather handily. Very so, good. Uh, but yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. I know my Pistons and Magic have been out of it for a long time. So your I, Pistons I really, and Magic fan. Yeah, well, I grew up just outside of Orlando. And I, so let me guess, your big, should Tracy McGrady be in the Hall of Fame? I think so, yeah. and I think He because... never won a playoff game! <laughs> Tracy freaking McGrady! Listen, he can't see straight. He's got a lazy eye. That's what made oh, him good on the court, because no one ever knew which direction he was looking to pass. And, you know, that's that was his greatest asset, I think, as an offensive player. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, but... Um... Gone anyway, downhill so, fast. Here. I know. So is, is that it? Is that it? Are we done? <laughs> I'm done. I you know. I got to check my be creative. See if I have it's any time when I start making uh, lazy eye jokes. It's time to throw in the towel. Uh, we'll be back next week. Talking balls. Don't forget to look us up on Facebook. Talking balls podcast on Twitter at Talking Balls Pod. And uh, anytime I need to check that email inbox, but it's Talking Balls Podcast at Gmail well, I get alerts if I get one. I, I don't oh, think okay. there's anything I'm in there. But anything in yeah, well. And uh, as always, Maddie, were there any uh, comments or things that you should have told have us about? Liking, uh, I'd like to say quickly, thank you for the people who did like the video. I've noticed we had some thumbs up. Yep. So. yep. So All right, good stuff. We'll talk to you next week for Episode 11. See you.